Hello everyone, this is Raphael. I'm Lauren. We're the Pacheco siblings and welcome to the Hypercube podcast, a talk show in which two siblings converse about anything and everything. Alrighty, so this is going to be a bit of an interesting episode, uh, maybe a bit of an abbreviated one, because Lauren, you're feeling a bit under the weather. I am. I might be sick. You are definitely sick. I'm feeling sick, but I don't know why. It's because sickness. That's what I would think. And also, I'm in a bit of a new environment this time around, because we, we if we stayed to our schedule, I would have already recorded something in this environment, but uh, I think mm-hmm. stuff came up. And so here we are recording our first podcast session from a new living space for me. So I moved yeah. recently, and it's been... Most interesting, most interesting indeed. I probably sound a lot roomier now. I imagine there's, because <laughs> at least to my own ears, I could definitely hear the echo or the reverb, yeah. as it were. So I'm very curious how much it's going to come up on the mic. But I don't know. Maybe it'll make me sound like one of those artsy video essayists who have just a little bit of room verb in their audio quality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, Nerd Rider, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> he rocks it, though, the room verb. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, he just makes it sound like something like it sounds very artsy and intentional. (laughs) Well, anyway, so we're going to keep this a bit brief to be easy on your body and uh, it should be good. (laughs) Well, I think there is going to bed right after this. (laughs) Oh, likewise, likewise, because it is a bit late on uh, work night for me. So there is one thing that I think we could talk about now, though, because I need to talk about it, even though the last episode <laughs> that went up was a Resident Evil rant. I think the Resident Evil ranting needs to continue because since we recorded that, they have revealed the announcement trailer for the Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah. Now, that was interesting. I forgot what event that was at. I think it was at a Sony event. Um, and they're going to have a little bit more info on it on an upcoming event. They just announced a live stream for like a Capcom showcase. It's going to be specifically mm-hmm. Capcom. And there's going to be a little bit of a, a press conference type of uh, showcase, you know, a developer single person or single developer showcase event. Yeah. So there's a live stream where they'll be talking a little bit more about Resident Evil 4 and probably revealing some more gameplay, I imagine. But who's to say? The only thing they revealed was that there was going to be a remake or did they reveal some like, no, uh, that was, I, I, I know I've seen some promotional stills and everything, but yeah, that was already announced. The remake was already announced. However, they came out with a full trailer with it. So okay, the or with, with this, with this, yeah, with this announcement trailer. So, but I guess technically this is the most formal announcement they've made, but mm, oh, yeah, because everything else was just like, we're probably going to do it. And then now they're like, it's a thing. Well, it was, it was official. It was official. It they was, knew they were okay. going to do it. It was announced that it was in development, but it just wasn't a very formal announcement. There wasn't like a big press conference or other hullabaloo. And they also right, gave right, a release right. date with this one too. When's it getting released? Uh, it's going to be March of 2023. So, and that's what they okay. opened with. It was the Basically, release date on that trailer. Yeah. Uh, almost a year from now, nine months. Yeah. So, I guess we got to talk about Resident Evil 4 in general before we could get into this particular conversation, because as you know, I have very strong opinions about Resident Evil 4. Yeah, and we have a lot of history with Resident Evil 4. Oh yeah, a lot of history. So first off, let me clarify. Everybody knows I'm a Resident Evil super fan. However, I should also note that Resident Evil 4 was the first Resident Evil game I played at a very young and impressionable age. And that Mm. kind of is what got me into the series. That was the gateway for me. And a lot of... Resident Evil purists, um, aka toxic Resident Evil fans, will you know say that's like ah that's not true Resident Evil or whatever. That's when everything went off the rails and uh, getting all actiony. But it's like for me, for people like me, who that at a young age that was their introduction to the series. That is just part of the identity of the series. That over the top like cheesy action vibes mixed with horror elements. You know, and it really Resident Evil 4 of all the action based Resident Evils is probably the most survival horror anyway. Yeah. So it had enough of the old and enough of the new. And it was kind of a perfect balance of both and not to mention just mechanically perfect. I can't. Absolutely. It's hard to think of any other game that is as mechanically perfect as Resident Evil 4. Like that game just functions so, so well. It's incredibly (laughs) fun. 
and it's so fun like that i i can't well me and you we both know how much time we've spent in resident evil 4 and in mercenaries and just like messing around with everything that resident evil 4 had to offer but like like we cannot express just how much of our early gaming life was resident evil 4 oh yeah a lot of our early gaming like just life was well for for us, Resident Evil, but you know, obviously a lot of it was, was Legend of Zelda for me as well. But like, so much of it was Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil Four specifically. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And well, I think that was even a little bit later. Like when you talk about Zelda and stuff, I think though those were really the early memories. When I think of our earliest gaming memories, I think of Nintendo sixty four and yeah. Ocarina of Time like, and Super Mario sixty four yeah. and games like that. But we were like. I, th- I think Resident Evil 4 is what made us, like, gamers, though. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I think those earliest memories still fit. No, because, like, at that point, we weren't... We didn't know what we liked yet. Well, I would say that's still, that was still the case by the time Resident Evil 4 came around. And even I think that... Resident Evil 4 is even what started that, forming a lot of our tastes. I don't know, because I think even that was, like, a very casual interaction at first. Because we didn't own that game. That was just something our cousin would let us play when he That's came true. over. So, the, it's like, even... It, PS2? No, that was GameCube. I'm trying to remember which one came first, though, because we had it on both, where we played it on both. I played it on both, yeah. I had, it was GameCube first, because it was only out on GameCube at first. Um, however, we would later... I would later borrow a friend's PS2, and one of the games he had was... Resident Evil 4 as well. So uh, that was, yeah, that was much later though. Much, much later. Okay. Okay. I'm getting the timeline confused. Oh yeah. I remember all this stuff like the back of my hand, but anyway, <laughs> none of this is, is pertinent information. The point is Resident Evil 4 was a very extraordinary game. Still is a very extraordinary game. Still is probably my favorite video game of all time. Hands down. Mm-hmm. I really can't mm-hmm. think of, I mean, I have a number of like, maybe like a top five favorite video games that are all, pretty well at any given day can occupy that top slot of best video game of all time however if i had to pick just one it would be resident evil 4 and it wouldn't even be a question (laughs) i think for you resident evil 4 like we have like we we have our favorites tier and then we have like the transcendental tier right above it i think resident evil 4 safely slots into that like transcendental above all the favorites favorite tier yeah for me for For you for sure yeah yeah that was that was a very formative experience. And just like Leon S. Kennedy was just the baddest dude. I thought he was the <laughs> coolest action hero ever when I was young. And yeah. he had his his whole personality and his sense of style actually had a huge influence on me. It definitely did. <laughs> Look, I'm looking at your icon right now on Discord with the leather jacket. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's that. That's no doubt a huge part of the reason why I enjoy leather jackets is because Leon wore it best. And. Yeah, so extraordinary game, extraordinary nostalgia for me, and it's just, again, such a formative part of us. So when I found out that they were remaking Resident Evil 4, which, you know, again, to my mind, is a mechanically perfect game, and in many ways, just a perfect game. It's mechanically, tonally, uh, narratively, in many ways. It is mm-hmm. just the complete package. It's cinematic as heck. It's just awesome. It's awesome in every conceivable sense. It's full of so many unforgettable moments and mm-hmm. just well-designed, incredibly well-designed from the ground up. I'm like, I could hardly think of a more perfect game to get remade. But then again, that I know Resident Evil 2 filled that slot for a lot of people. And yeah. however, Resident Evil 2 was due for a remake. That's part of the issue too, is for me, I feel like the... Even though it's been a lot longer since, or maybe not a lot longer, it's been, or I should say, the distance between the original Resident Evil and the remake of the original Resident Evil was significantly shorter than the distance between Resident Evil 4 and this remake of Resident Evil 4. So in theory, it seems like, whoa, that should have been, that should be a huge quantum leap in technology. And yet somehow when I watch this Resident Evil 4 announcement trailer, the only thing I can think is, man, this is a huge testament to how much Resident Evil 4 didn't get dated. (laughs) Like, because the whole visual (laughs) aesthetic is just so similar, so similar. Uh It does not look like a huge quantum leap in graphical ability i mean there's just like there's more detail for sure it's more photo real but when i look at it i'm like 
my imagination still takes it to this level of immersion when i play the original you know what i mean like it, the original is not that that outdated in its graphical visual representation at least it doesn't feel like it it probably helps that it's been ported to hd remasters for such a long time and that's something to consider right. as well is resident evil 4 is notorious for being one of the most ported games of all time yeah I might honestly be the most. I can't really think of too many other competitors in that category because it has had so many ports and so many HD remasters. It is ludicrous. And like a good, you know, sucker that I am, I have played it on so many different platforms and bought it so many different times or at least uh, borrowed. And it's yeah, it's crazy how many different ways I've played Resident Evil 4 and how many different ways there are available to play Resident Evil 4. Now there's this VR experience, which apparently a lot of the people who have played it say is one of the best ways to enjoy that game. So I was going to say, like, if 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 you take Resident Evil 4 and you wait for the next the next technological leap to play, like to update it, right, to like make the remake with whatever the next technological leap is, shouldn't it be VR? Like, wouldn't that be what the Resident Evil 4 remake should be if you go by that logic? Is a VR Resident Evil 4? Maybe. I mean, a lot of the recent Resident Evil games have been VR compatible, right? 7 and Village. Compatible, but like not made for. Yeah, that's true. They're not necessarily made for, although they're doing something with Village, apparently, that's like a little bit of a different experience with different mechanics and whatnot uh, for VR. So... And that's, from what I understand, basically what they did with uh, 4. Although 4, I think, was a lot more of a ground-up, basically, remake in VR in order to make that function because it just, the functionality probably just wasn't there. So they're like, might as well. (laughs) Yeah. So, but that, I think this begs a deeper conversation, though, about the nature of remakes in general. Because I feel like... Now, a lot of people are really excited from this Resident Evil 4 remake trailer. Don't get me wrong. I'm very excited. I watched it and I was like, wow, this actually does look amazing. And there's a lot to be excited about here. It definitely looks faithful to the originals. The first thing I noticed Mm -hmm. was they're very careful to ensure all of the iconography and all of the visual representation is there where you could look at it, just take one glance and be like, oh, yeah, this is Resident Evil 4. It's got all the characters. Yeah, exactly. Like the village comes in and I'm like, oh, there it is. It's like I'm walking back in all over again. That was one of my biggest questions was. Uh, it was going to be, does it look like they changed the game in the same way that they did with uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly not as atrocious as 3. <laughs> where that... <laughs> Well, I don't think anything could be atrocious as 3. That was that's, that was half of a game. Oh, yeah. And that like... That was DLC for another game. <laughs> barely. Separate, complete separate game. Barely had the kind of content you would expect from that game. Like they cut so much stuff from the original cut or changed so much stuff and unnecessarily. So in a lot of cases, so that did a lot to disappoint everybody. However, yeah, two was definitely all very faithful to its original, but yeah, definitely different or a remix at the very least. It was spiritually faithful in that it had the feel and the locations and everything, but just like with different, if I understand the order of events are slightly different and like the way things happen are slightly different, but essentially telling the same story. Yeah, it tells. Yeah, you're pretty much right. It's essentially the same story. There's mostly different like routing and level design. That's the biggest change. Routing. That's that's a thing that I was that I was trying to get to was the routing was different and the the design and the layout was different just because Mm -hmm. of the way that they structure the game. You know, we we make games differently now. Exactly. But (laughs) And plus, yeah, puzzles All and everything was, were yeah. different so that they could still exactly. be a challenge to to people who played the original. Yeah. Yeah. But the same narrative structure was there. Exactly. Pretty even much. Though it was a different physical structure. Pretty much. And it looks like they're leaning more in that direction for this remake of four. OK, good. So that's, that was at one least of my biggest that's, worries. That's <laughs> the appearance, at least. You know, who's to say? That's what it looks like. That's yeah. what it looks like. We have, we have no idea. We'll it's very later. Yeah, it's very vague. It's very cinematic. It's you know mostly a bunch of shots just kind of cobbled together with some voiceover. Uh, they do show a little bit of Luis Serra, which has actually made me super happy because I was like, oh, snap, there he is. And, you know, he's got that uh, amazing accent still. And I'm honestly not sure what's <laughs> uh who comprises the voice cast because they also have dialogue from Leon or voiceover from Leon. And 
Yeah, I wonder who's playing it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure who's playing it after hearing it because it almost sounds like the new voice actor who played him in the remake of two and in uh, yeah. Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, the Netflix series, which, you know, we uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name. It's like Nick. Uh, hold on. Let me have it in front of in front of me. I'm pretty sure you got Nick right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Nick Apostol. Apostolides? <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea how you do that surname. <laughs> okay. Nick Apostolides. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Something to that effect. But, you know, I thought he was great in the remake of 2 because, mm. you know, he's playing a rookie cop and his voice definitely, yeah. his, yeah. his voice and approach matched that aesthetic. A lot younger and Yeah, but we were talking, we were talking because we watched Infinite Darkness together and yeah. his voice was kind of jarring for the later, more venerable you know yeah. cool agent leon like it t- kind of took me back in that series where it was, it was just like oh look it's got the visual design of endgame leon but then like his voice comes out and it's just like oh he's a rookie cop again <laughs> like, oh, you're a baby <laughs> yeah um but it almost sounds like it could be him but like the pitch actually sounds right now for that era of leon and it actually but I'm not sure, though. I'm not sure. But they haven't confirmed the cast for this one. And mm. there's only a brief bit from Leon in the trailer. So it's hard to tell. It could be a new voice actor altogether. We know it's not Matt Mercer. Matt Mercer confirmed that he's not reprising his role for mm. this. So who's to say? But the biggest, I suppose... Matt Mercer's way too busy now. Way too busy. Yeah. I don't know how that guy ever finds time to voice act anymore. But... <laughs> that, that's, his, that's his passion... Uh, project now is voice acting yeah exactly now that's his, his side hustle it's yeah, gone back, hustle, to, yeah, gone back his, to being a side hustle matt, matt mercer went from being like primarily a, a voice actor and like a venerable one like a pretty good you know industry voice actor now he's just like eh, i'll do whatever i want yeah exactly when i got a chance when i'm not dming something critical so yeah, i'm making millions of dollars off of Basically doing the same thing for life. <laughs> yeah. And doing all the, uh, a lot more work, essentially. Yeah. And five times the amount of work. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when that guy sleeps. But yeah, he's confirmed Sleep. that he's, he's not. He's not Leon this time around. But, which is to be expected. He hasn't been Leon for a while. Although I really liked yeah. him in that role. I would have loved for him to be the new mainstay Leon. I think that phase might be over. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Because they definitely seem to be assembling, because they had consistent voice actors. It seems like they have consistent voice actors for generations, essentially. And I think the generation that he was a part of, I think, has has essentially passed. And yeah, I, think I think they're so. assembling yeah. a more consistent voice cast for everything done in the RE engine. And I think that's the mm, biggest yeah, right, right. advancement for this remake of four is the fact that they're doing it in the re engine which is an incredible incredible video game engine and of course proprietary capcom software so yeah there's that which is it's probably one of the most impressive engines to me for rendering real-time efficient photorealistic imagery and i really don't know how they did it but i mean they invested a lot of R&D into proprietary stuff is how they did it. But one of the things like one of the things that I personally find that sticks out the like the most in the RE engine is how well it does like like wetness. Like it does. Wet oh, yeah. Really, 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 really well. And that's really hard to do because there's, just, there's a lot that goes into it. Oh, yeah. Like they're rendering rain and wet, wet and surfaces, like reflective surfaces, mm-hmm. especially like um like wet reflective complex surfaces like skin and armor and all this other stuff they do that it does that really well oh yeah yeah i remember playing the remake of two and there's you know the bit where you're coming back into the police station and it's raining and you go through like a little alleyway and you get wet a little bit and just like yeah, yeah looking at the character's hair get all shiny from how wet it is i'm like whoa yeah, <laughs> yeah it's- i'm just thinking about like nemesis in the rain he looks gorgeous oh yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, gorgeous definitely is one word to describe that fella (laughs) (laughs) with his big old teeth. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he yeah, it's just a phenomenal engine. The the imagery that can be the photorealistic imagery that can be rendered with that in real time at that level of efficiency. Right. Where I don't have like the latest 
next gen level graphics card right now however yeah. even i can play those games and stream them even at decent enough settings and it doesn't it doesn't break anything you know it doesn't push anything to its limits i don't know i really don't know how they pulled it off but it is an amazing mm -hmm. engine and it's exciting to see that see some of the resident evil 4 village or visuals represented in that engine so yeah we got to see some of the characters we got to see ashley graham uh she generally looks Ooh. kind of the same but she's like a little bit more covered up now she's got more of like an orange jacket uh so but she's just kind of running around. It looks like there might be more of playing as Ashley in this version. Huh. Where because there are some sections where it almost looks like it's about to go into like an over the shoulder with her. And I'm like, is, are we actually going to get to play as her running around the village and stuff? Because that's what it kind of looks like. Ooh, as opposed to just the. Yeah, the um, one puzzle area castle sections. Yeah, wasn't. Remind me, OK, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there something. Or was there something that, like, extra stuff that got dropped with Ashley that she was supposed to be able to do that, I don't know if it was, like, extra levels or extra mechanics that she was supposed to be able to do that just got dropped in the final game, and, like, there's, a, uh, like, the, and there's like vestigial mechanics that are still left that you can kind of do with Ashley that, that are kind of left over from those things that she was supposed to be able to do but wasn't able to, or, but they, they dropped in the final game? Uh, so... Not necessarily. I think what you might be thinking of is the fixed camera angles that were uh, supposed to be on her section. And that, for some reason, is only in the Japanese version of the game. For the American, the North American version of the game, and I think pretty much all other versions of the game, it is the standard third person over the shoulder like the rest of it. Mm. But in the Japanese version of the game only they it switches to fixed camera angles for ashley's section which is such a shame because i thought that was that would have been a great way to a differentiate her from leon but also do some overarching narrative yeah, storytelling yeah, yeah, through yeah. mechanics yeah because yeah, i think we we're talking about this because what it shows is that it would make sense it would make sense exactly because you go back to tank controls you go back to fixed camera angles it's like why because she's a rookie character because she's new to this sort she of doesn't thing know what she's doing yeah she doesn't know what this she's doing and so it would establish firmly that the reason people get all tank controlly and hard to <laughs> run around is to emulate that rookiness because all of the original yeah, that's their level of competence exactly that's their level of competence because all the original characters back in the day they had to run around like that why because they were new and because they didn't yet have the survival skills necessary to get third person over the shoulder precise aiming <laughs> and yep. you know hand-to-hand -hand combat and, and all that you can't see around corners you can't see around corners exactly yeah so they didn't have all that and so they were a lot more helpless and yeah. it if they included that in that game which i think they should have they kept that from the japanese version it would have firmly as rooted that in as mechanical storytelling where it's yeah. like okay this is what the character's are like at low levels essentially yeah. and so like, you I mean, have that within the same game where ashley a lower level character has to do that and you go back cut back to leon and it's just like he has a lot more skill he's been through a lot more games and he gets the precise aiming and the all yeah. the over the shoulder stuff because i love that the mechanical storytelling of it's like you know whenever you watch like a horror film where you see something where it's like like hey what like you amateurs you don't have like why can't you just peek around the corner just like take your time and slow down it's like no no, no they literally can't <laughs> yeah because you're playing a character that cannot see you on the corner unless they physically go around the corner <laughs> <laughs> exactly but then you switch to leon it's like you can peek you can you know look down your sights and have like good quality like sight lines but then you play these other characters it's like why are they going around the corner to look around the corner because you physically cannot see her on the corner unless you do so <laughs> you have to put yourself in that situation where it's like face tanking it yeah Exactly. And that, again, that ex like, it explains why mechanically, those like these characters are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> There's also like, if you were if you were watching those characters do the things that you are making them do with the mechanics, you would say this is obviously an amateur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like I I agree that would have been I think we both agree that would have been an interesting thing to keep. But sadly, yeah. Japanese version only. Japanese specific. However, there is there is a one funny vestigial thing that's present in that section where because if you shove a door open on a Ganado, it could cause them to drop down to one knee. 
And then oh, Ashley can okay. suplex them. <laughs> that might be what I was thinking of, of like some mechanics still being there that wasn't that weren't supposed to be. Yeah, that's not that so, might have been what that's I was not of. supposed to be there. Yeah. I think they assume I think that code I think that's is just, just an accident. <laughs> stuck in there. Yeah, because yeah. they assume that you wouldn't be able to drop someone to one knee with the mechanics yeah. that Ashley has available. But you can if you shove a door open on them. And then she could still do yeah. Leon's suplex move and it just looks hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, yeah, a player character can do suplex of a character if somebody's on their knee. Yeah, we'll just, there's no reason to take that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's got the time? <laughs> yeah. That's an extra bit of code. <laughs> yeah, because the only offensive move she can do is throwing the uh, lanterns. The la- lamps? Yeah, the lamps. Lamp- the, fi- lanterns, yeah. the fire lamps, the oil lamps. So, and or suplex. <laughs> or suplex. Yeah, shove a door on them and suplex. But yeah, so. Who knows? It seems like there might be they might be hinting at there being a bit more Ashley stuff. But yeah, they've shown some of the enemies and they're all ridiculously photoreal now. We've seen a little bit of Sadler. It's like, well, look at him. He's very photoreal, too. Um, Louis Mm -hmm. Sarah is there. Also very photoreal. (laughs) Still has his red nine, though. And uh, I love that gun. uh, Fire is there. It gives you crazy exposure and it's very photoreal. I think really what we got from this is that it's all photoreal. Does it blow out the camera? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fire looks great in the RE engine. I'm not sure how much you've looked at the fire in the RE engine, but it looks really great. Like the fire just blows out the camera and it's amazing. It forces the. Yeah, because I think in some of their previous engines, they would have it just do an exposure adjustment. But I think it's a lot more immersive when it blows out the camera because it's like that's you get why that happens. You know, it's intuitive cinematically. Yeah, Yeah, I remember there's I think the um, no, was that in Resident Evil three? The one where the uh, helicopter crashes into the building. Oh yeah, that was in that was in two. That was in two. Yeah, I remember in that scene that looked great with the yeah the fire and the rain. I think <laughs> yeah, fire and rain. Yeah, they're just showing off at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just like, hey, check this out. <laughs> yeah, you know what's this? Still sixty frames per second. Whoa. So, <laughs> but that's why that's part of though that conversation we just had about camera angles. That's part of what bugs me about the Resident Evil Two remake. And and three is that they adjusted it to be third person over the shoulder. And I think that kind of takes away from that. I think those games need to still be fixed camera angle. I really enjoyed two, the remake of two. I thought it was great, but I think both of those narratively just from a resident evil fan perspective, I think narratively it's much better suited for those games to be fixed camera angle. I think it represents the characters better and I think it, it creates a better consistency for the era where you could still because the remake yeah. of one was still fixed camera. I think it would have been great for you to put point back to the remakes of the entire original trilogy and say they all have that consistency where they're using the same bed of mechanics and the same camera angles. Um, and then you could look, point to the next trilogy, four through six, and say those ones have a different bed of mechanics and different perspective. And then you could point to the next trilogy, seven through nine, hopefully, and say they all have the same perspective and mechanics where they're working from yeah. with the first person. I just think that would have been a lot neater. And I think it would be much easier to explain to newcomers to the series when you have them neatly divided like that. However... I also think they ought to just re-release in like HD ports the original games as they are, because I would still love there's still different games, right? (laughs) Sufficiently different games and different experiences that I think more people need the chance to play, especially now that they've gotten a little bit more exposure from the remakes coming out. Yeah, and just and making it a little more accessible. Yeah, making it more accessible. You know, so I have a challenge for you then. Okay. So using modern game design, how would you have made Resident Evil 2 and 3 feel like the characters aren't as aren't as skilled and aren't as capable as some of the later you know generations without making the game inaccessible to the current generation of gamers? Honestly, I would do a hybrid of sorts if you if that's the criteria i think ideally it should be all fixed camera angle and tank controls <laughs> for those games <laughs> honestly but right 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 i think there is a way to update it so that it's not inaccessible while still having the same sort of feel i think there's a hybrid form that they were sort of experimenting with in what we now call resident evil 3.5 or the hookman demo mm. 
um, the one that mm-hmm. I based a lot of material uh, from the for the Spectre virus in Resident Roleplay on. That demo experiments with a sort of hybrid version where it's fixed camera angle, but it doesn't look like it's tank controls. And we know they can do that. They did that with the Resident Evil 1 remake, too. Yeah. In the Resident yeah. Evil 1 remake, you have the option to turn off tank controls and just have the character go in the direction that you're pointing the stick relative to the yeah. camera. And it still keeps the fixed camera angles because that's just hard coded into the game. But you could turn off the tank control uh, stick motions. So. I would say, yeah, fixed camera angle. But a moving camera, kind of like in Resident Evil 3.5, kind of like in Code Veronica. And yeah, no, no tank controls on the sticks. And it can transition into an over the shoulder just for when you're aiming. I think that mm-hmm. is like a good hybrid where new mm-hmm. players can understand that and can get on board with that while still having enough of those elements of the original style to sort of put them in the kind of positions and perspectives that you get from that i think that would have been better fixed camera over the shoulder while you're aiming yeah or at least a camera track a set camera track yeah right because it doesn't have to be necessarily tripod it doesn't have to be locked off it just needs to be not in the control of the player yeah interesting because i was thinking a very easy way that you can get like it doesn't necessarily increase the difficulty of the the games but it does make it seem like your characters are a lot more amateur is simply removing the reticle Ooh, yeah that's not a bad one that's not a bad one because it's because it stays over the shoulder and you still look around but when your character aims punches in so it's like closer to over the shoulder and you're looking not necessarily down the sights but you're looking down the barrel you can see generally where they're aiming so you can like you can get you know easy body shots but headshots would be damn near impossible <laughs> yeah yeah for sure. And then, of course, uh, there'd be like uh, you can have like an accessibility or like a, a difficulty modifier that then adds reticle or laser sight or whatever. So the normal mode is without reticle over the shoulder, looking down, you know, the barrel of the gun. So body shots, super easy. Um, maybe there's a little bit of aim assist, right? But then you, you can have like an, uh, um, an assisted gameplay where you add the reticle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a bad compromise either. Well, anyway, before we wind down, though, because we're getting to the end of our time here, I I think there's this begs a question about the nature of remakes in general. First, let me let it be said. My official position, I am still going to play this remake and I am excited for it to some extent. Um, Of course, I'm going to play it because I'm a sucker. So Capcom will always always make money off of me. (laughs) That's the thing is like that's that's the problem is. You're going to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They say vote whether you want to or not. Exactly. You are going to play. It. Exactly. Whether I want to or not, I'm going to play it. Uh, they say vote with your wallet. But um, as far as Capcom is concerned, I'll just play anything Resident Evil is what they learned from my wallet. <laughs> so, what does that mean? Like, like in terms of voting with your wallet, are you are you like a like a diehard party voter? Are you yeah. like a single issue voter? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, that's probably it. But... Yeah, yeah, completely along party lines. It's just Resident Evil all the way down the ballot. All the way, yeah. So, but yeah, but that being said, I am still of the belief that they should have remade Code Veronica next because Code Veronica is in greater need of a remake and is a more direct sequel to the remakes that they just did. But the problem is, Is I don't think anybody at Capcom remembers Code Veronica exists. Well, I was going to say, like, Code Veronica, from, I'm completely coming from an outside perspective, right, of Resident Evil, having never played anything uh, before 4. <laughs> yeah. Um, from what I can kind of feel, like, Code Veronica is more of like an outlier of the games. Like, it is a main line, the main storyline game, right? Yes, it is. It is one of the numbered games. It just doesn't have a number attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not one of those uh spin-offs or those other ones like the what is the outbreak series or whatever right yeah outbreak's it's complete not, spin-off yeah it's not a spin-off it's completely mainline like has major plot elements that oh yeah continue through very major but plot like, it elements. just feels like it's an outlier like it feels like yeah Co veronica is the game that's just kind of like separate from it's like it's, it's sitting at its own table yeah <laughs> somewhere away from all the other cool kid games essentially let me try and explain it to you before we get to our theoretical conversa- conversation about remakes in general. 
I think yeah. let me let me explain to you what's up with Code Veronica, and maybe this could educate anybody else who doesn't know the franchise as well. So Code Veronica is troubled because a, well, first off, I think the entire Razi fandom pretty much agrees that it's a great game and that it's a very important mainline game. The issue is, first off, it wasn't marketed very well. It started out mm. as an exclusive on a console that not a lot of people have. And by the time Ooh. it got ported to uh, other stuff, it was, you know, like that window of opportunity to make it a huge hit was kind of passed. So it just already didn't sell as well as the other mainline games, even if it is like basically the conclusion of that entire opening trilogy. It's an epic climactic moment. Yeah. So it already has that going for it, and it just hasn't received as much, because it didn't become this huge hit, it hasn't received as much nostalgia or as much classic status as the others enjoy, even if it is still a great game. Um, so there's that. But it's also just poorly branded, right? Because it's essentially a mainline game, but it doesn't have a mainline number. It has a yep. subtitle, yep. and the subtitle makes it seem less important than the others because it's not called yeah. resident evil 4 what but let me put it this way because essentially if i were to if you were to go back and do it over again a better way to brand the games would be this and take notes capcom because i'm giving this away for free this is this is good marketing here <laughs> trust me i know i know the identity of this series inside and out i know what you should be doing <laughs> says every uh diehard fan ever but right, right. um <laughs> Here's here's my two cents. If you were if you could you could go back and redo it because a lot of this stuff is just hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. When they were in the moment, it yeah. all probably seemed like great ideas. But in hindsight, yeah. also also could have just been an experiment to see if it could stick. Exactly. In hindsight, if you could do it all over again, I think the the best way with the way the series is now and the way the the trajectory we know stuff went and the way productions went, I think the the most intuitive way to rebrand the games from the ground up would be this. So Resident Evil 0 stays the same. Resi 1, that stays the same. Resi 2. And then what we call Resident Evil 3 should be called Resident Evil 2 Nemesis and probably be either DLC or like just another side story to Resident Evil 2. Um, but its identity should definitely be Resident Evil 2 Nemesis. Then Code Veronica should be called Resident Evil 3. And then you get to Resident Evil 4, and then so on. And the rest is pretty much mm -hmm. the same. Except Village is definitely Resident Evil 8, because there was no need for that to be called Village. <laughs> uh, I do like the, uh, the design they have in Village, where the, the V-I-L-L the -L -L is 8, but it's not, does it say 8, but... <laughs> yeah, that was a great design, but it's like, that game really just should have been called Resident Evil 8. <laughs> Resident it would have been a lot village. less a lot less confusing even that yeah even that would have been better yeah but yeah the way that i think i think the, all, a lot of confusion is owed to the fact that the early games are arranged that way where i think that little patch is really where the trouble happens because it should be yeah, yeah resident evil 2 resident evil 2 nemesis and then resident evil 3 which is what we now call code veronica because code veronica is the true resident evil 3 it was right. first off it's a much larger higher budget game right even the original resi 3 was a very tight budget short production cycle game it yeah. did not receive a lot of support it was mostly cobbled together from leftovers from two and it was being developed yeah. essentially at the same time as two <laughs> from what i understand resident evil 3 is to resident evil 2 what majora's mask is to ocarina of time oh that's a great analog yeah exactly exactly yeah pretty much exactly i know zelda that's what i got <laughs> yeah no you nailed it that's exactly what it is and whereas code veronica was this full-fledged sequel it is that like even you know they they have said that is the game that is considered the true sequel to resi 2 it is yeah. narratively and it is the like the sequel to resi 2 and 1 right like the uh, the logical narrative sequence of events is 1 2 code veronica it doesn't make any sense when you put it that way, but that's the, that's the logical flow, right? Because Resi 1 is Chris's story, Resi 2 is Claire's story, Resi 3, or Code Veronica, rather, it should be 3, is uh, Chris and Claire uh, continuing from their respective stories to reunite with each other. 
And then you have this yeah. weird, like obtuse three just stuck right in the middle where, okay, well, let's cut back to Jill for a little bit and see what she's been up to. It's like, well, don't get me wrong. That's a great story. That's worth having. And Nemesis is a f- one of the series' most phenomenal villains. It's definitely necessary, but it should not be called three is my only issue. It should not be called three. It doesn't warrant being a full numbered game. Exactly. Yeah. It, it just, there's just not, there's just not enough there. So anyway, hopefully that clears things up a bit. <laughs> I wonder if they're just uh, adverse to having to, to like numbering their games because eventually at some point it's going to be like Final Fantasy like 117, right? Yeah, but why like, are they adverse to that? At some point, like the numbers are just going to, I don't know. Final I think Fantasy I, I think is they, such I a huge they're just adverse to having high numbers. I think at some point the, the numbers just don't mean anything. Yeah, I guess that's fair, but yeah. Yeah. But I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't work for their marketing team. So, but let's talk about remakes more broadly then. Yes. So. The concept of remakes. Well, because my issue here is, like I said, I wanted to clarify that I'm still very excited for this game and will definitely play it. But my issue is that I feel like Capcom is getting a little remake happy. And I don't know how I feel about that because it feels like two was a highly. Do you think they're out of ideas? (laughs) It's quite possible. Well, I think they just have more money than they need because. The, these remakes are all being developed by an entirely separate dev internal dev team than the ones who are handling the main li- new mainline Resident Evil games. Entirely separate. Entirely separate divisions. So, so you think they just like made I think re- a remake division and they're like, well, they're not doing anything Yeah, I gotta use it now. Yeah, they're pretty much just making remakes and random multiplayer uh, only games like uh, Resistance. So... They, uh, I th- yeah, it's quite possible that they just got so big. Like Resident Evil is such a huge IP now. They just have so much money and so many employees, and they just don't know what to do with them all. So they're just they're just like might as well dedicate some of these more talented sub teams to handling entire large projects mm-hmm. that will make lots of money because these remakes make lots of money. That's just the nature. Yep, you're of gonna them. you're gonna buy this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're gonna buy this game. <laughs> exactly. So. Like, it's practically guaranteed. Yeah, it feels like they've gotten very remake happy. And it feels like they, it's almost, I don't know, it's almost a joke at this point. Because 2 was a very warranted remake. That was very highly demanded by the fandom. Everybody thought that 2 was overdue for a remake. However, 3 was out of the complete blue. And we know they were working on that at the same time as 2, much in the same way as the original. So it's like, okay, that's kind of out of the blue, but I get why you did that and how you were able to. But, you know, then they the, saw the success of that, even, well, fi- uh, commercial success, uh, critical success was a right, bit right. dodgier, but they saw the commercial success of that. It's like, oh, let's keep going. What's the next logical one? It's like, well, the next logical one narratively would be Code Veronica. Nope, four is the next one that has a number. Let's do that one instead. So, yeah, it's like, it does, yeah, it, it, but it just all feels kind of arbitrary at this point. It, four did not feel overdue for a remake, right? Two, everybody agreed that it was. Three, okay, maybe we didn't, that one wasn't as demanded, but still maybe kind of, you know, needed, needed an update, right? It's still in that old style. It's still got those old-time graphics, but four, four still holds up so well and is still so, yeah, so remembered because of its re-releases in it's so still so fresh in the pop culture memory. And, you know, now you got stuff like the uh, ultimate um, HD project, right? Which you yeah. uh, showed me that great video essay on. And yes. I'm like, I still haven't gotten a chance to play it yet or install it, but I definitely want to. Um, maybe leading up to the release of the remake, I, I could probably install that just to get a taste of it and get back into that game a yeah, little bit. Because but like that was one of the things that I was going to ask you, uh, you know, bring up that. Uh, that project was do you think this is gonna be a difficult question to ask but i think you know what i'm trying to say is like do you think there's going to be a fundamental difference between that ultimate hd mod and the remake yeah i think there's going to be a fundamental difference because i think just because they're going to be sticking their noodly developer fingers into it i think they're going to want to do like they did with the remakes of two and three and change things up and add new mechanics and make other fundamental changes but I think ultimately for me, I think the ultimate HD project 
may very well be the superior remake just because it is the original in a drastically new skin. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say, though, because we know so little about this remake. It could be phenomenal for all I of know. Course, yeah, we know so little at this point. But, you know, it's like I think there is going to be a fundamental difference between those two. And like many have said, playing the Ultimate HD remake or remaster, it's uh, the Ultimate HD mod like that. It's an amazing facelift and it just it makes mm. the game look so graphically impressive and just really brings it up to modern graphical standards. But the skeleton, the gameplay itself is exactly identical because it's just a mod for the same game. So when you start getting into it, you almost kind of forget about this uh, graphical uh Right, it just becomes like yeah, a facelift, and it and yeah, and then you're just like you're just playing Resident Evil Four again, and that's part of yeah. the charm of it. Whereas this one, I think the remake is going to be a fundamentally different experience um, because they're rebuilding it all from the ground up. Right. So I guess that's the question about remakes: is do you think like at what point does this just join the ranks of like say the problem with film remakes, where you just kind of start doing them for the sake of doing them? And it's not really necessary anymore. They're just commercial cash cash grabs. Because let's be frank, that's what remakes sort of are. In very rare instances, yeah. are remakes justified? In my opinion. And here's the thing about remakes: uh, justified remakes too. Every time a remake is justified, the remake becomes its own entity. Like you think about the one. There's one that very specifically that I'm thinking of: um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Body Snatchers. Yeah, that's the classic one to talk about. Yeah, Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. I think that's probably the most justified remakes, uh, series yeah. of remakes that have ever been made because of the way that story manifests its themes differently in every generation. Yeah. And in addition to as well, like John Carpenter's The Thing, it is, it is a remake kind of. Like, doesn't it tell its own story as well? Like, it basically takes the same story of what the original story was of The Thing. And then tells a story that happens after. Was that what happened? No, not necessarily. But uh, you're thinking of the the thing sequel that would later or prequel that would later come out. That was also just called the thing. And so it was like branded as a remake, but it was just a prequel. It tells the story of the previous yeah, yeah. group. But that's a cash grab. But John Carpenter's the <laughs> thing. That's a that's a good remake. Yes, because it's a fundamentally different thing. <laughs> no pun intended. Yes. Um. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Exactly. Very different experiences, right? So, yeah, again, very rare because instances. Because they bring something new to the story. They update it for, the, for uh, the current audience or whoever is, you know, current audience, current technological standards. They update it, tell a new story because it is updated. Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah, with stuff like 4, it almost feels like that classic, it very much feels like that classic cash grab nature that's often criticized of remakes more broadly you know it feels like yeah. it's just there to cash in on a famous ip and there's not really a whole lot of reason to want to do that one but i don't know that might just be me being a little cynical maybe who knows like maybe they'll release maybe when you play the game it'll be completely updated and the story will be like i don't know a COVID analog or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely rehaul the narrative. Doesn't make any sense. But yeah, so I guess there's... I'm going to steal a thought from somebody else because uh, I'm not afraid to do that. You steal that thought. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember who it was who said this. I, th I think it must might have been one creator I was watching. Maybe it was Fear Hunter. I can't, I can't remember 100% for sure. But somebody... I heard somebody saying this, and I feel like that articulated something that had been on my mind that is now a more pressing concern, which is, which is this fact. Like I said, I feel like because it's a remake and with this newer dev team, like they're going to want to noodle with it and they're going to want to change things up or add mechanics. But somebody put it this way, where what made Resident Evil 4 work wasn't, wasn't the fact that they tried to do a whole bunch of cool stuff. What made Resident Evil 4 work was that it is just a very small handful of mechanics polished to perfection yes and yes that's that's what makes that game so good right it doesn't technically have a lot of mechanics it has very few mechanics when you think about it but they're polished to perfection it is the same gameplay loop over and over and over again and yet that loop 
is so polished and so refined and so focused that it offers endless fun every time you go through yeah. it. And you just put it in different level designs and different layouts and different areas. You just change up that stuff. But the core gameplay loop is what makes that game great is the fact that you know that's every called? single thing is just so refined and feels the feel. I can't emphasize the feel enough. The animation, yeah. the mechanics, the gameplay loop, everything. It just feels so good when it's in your hands and you just get into this flow state where you're just like, yes, I'm enjoying this game. But what were you saying? And you know what that's called? That's called horizontal design. Yes, exactly. Everything is horizontal design. Oh because my it's goodness! Not, <laughs> it, it's not that they they they. It's not they gave you this game and said press these buttons and you will win. It's here's an, an entire array of tools. You have your own system to play with to get through this level however you want. Exactly. You're stuck in the village. You have a time limit. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? How many body slams do you want to perform? (laughs) (laughs) It's completely up to you. And it becomes a playground, right? So you can play. It's just a combat playground. Yeah. You can play that opening village segment over and over and over and over again. And it will be different every time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. And that's what makes that game so amazing. You're right. I didn't even think of it in those terms. It totally is just perfect horizontal design. Oh my goodness, Lauren, we need to do a deep dive on game design at some point. Um, (laughs) Yes. And just talk about everything we've learned from tabletop RPG design and maybe apply it in a variety of ways, like with video games like that, because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, cross compatibility in theory. So. Yeah, that totally is it. Design, good design is good design. Good, Yeah, that's the like, thing you <laughs> often say. And the more you say it, the more examples we find, the more I believe it is that good yeah. design is just good design. Good design is good design is good design. Because, yeah, that's really what it is. Like, four is just good design. And I'm just worried, especially, like, with some of the direction that the remakes tend to go, that they will inherently not do that, you know? Like, it's just mm-hmm. not going to be part of their principles to make it just a few um, a few polished mechanics and instead just throw as many mechanics they can at the wall and say, look, yeah. look how many features it has, right? Because that's something you could put on the can. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas it's like, yeah, but that's not what Resident Evil 4 is. Which, yeah, I hadn't thought about in those terms. That's great, though. Just perfect. It is perfect horizontal design. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. And then the, the varies varieties in the enemy design is what you mixes up even more and then continues yeah. to be fun because you're still using the exact same set of mechanics to interact with everything. Oh, yeah, it's so good. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know what? I, I learned earlier that if I shoot somebody in the leg, I can suplex them. Now I'm going up against an enemy whose head is a whip. So I can't get too close. How do I now? Yeah. How do I get close enough to suplex them? Yeah, exactly. Or now they got a shield. How do I, yeah. you know, how do what do I do about that before I could shoot him in the leg and suplex him? Or <laughs> you know, <laughs> everything is just like that's my flow chart for Resident Evil Four. Yeah, yeah. It's just like how do you everything get to suplex? In, everything ends in suplex. It's yeah, like, the flow chart ends in suplex. <laughs> Or, you know, it starts with uh, find an enemy, ends with suplex, and there's just a whole web <laughs> of different. It's like it's like now, now you have a shield. Deal with the shield. Shoot him in the leg. Suplex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Made of armor. <laughs> yeah. Shoot him in the leg. Suplex. <laughs> I don't think he can. The giant is twenty five feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> what? Bring him on his knees. Suplex with a knife. <laughs> Uh, that's close enough yeah yeah close enough (laughs) so (laughs) yeah it's like anyway that's that's what really scares me is that they might go in that direction of just way too many tech too many mechanics they might muddle with that stuff that aspect of the game yeah if they like as long as the underlying yeah i guess what i guess what you were saying earlier as long as the underlying gameplay loop is the same it should be fine yeah yeah but the thing is i feel like they've i feel like they feel like they have a winning formula with two and three and i feel like they're just gonna try and port that gameplay loop into four that's what i'm worried about yeah which just wouldn't work it just wouldn't work i mean it, it, it might work but it wouldn't be the same i should say it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same uh i i just realized something huh they're gonna make resident evil remake or resident evil 2 remake resident evil 3 remake resident evil 4 remake they might actually make it cohesive with the previous two games so that if somebody was looking at their selection of games right 
It's like, okay, I don't want to play the originals. Those are too old. I don't care. Resident <laughs> Evil 2, 3, 4. Oh, I can buy that set and play lo- the logical, you know, through line. I wonder if they're gonna actually going to try to make 4 fit into how they did 2 and 3. Honestly, with that how... Way, yeah, like... Yeah, it might maybe it's just the visual presentation. Maybe it's just because it's RE Engine now, and you know there's kind of a consistent aesthetic across all their RE Engine stuff. But yeah, I, that's what I kind of worries me is when I at a superficial glance when you look at it, it looks like it's gonna fit that mold, and that kind of worries me. And like just the the pure, I don't know, the pure capitalist CEO who doesn't know anything, <laughs> just mindset looking down on it. Yeah, it looks like that would be a good idea right when four by design is a departure from two and three by design yes it is a decided turn away from the old and towards a new future for the franchise and that's also part of its charm to me is it's 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 a reboot in essence it is uh, in the same way that seven is a reboot right they reboot the game at the start of every new trilogy that to me is a resident evil tradition right so one starts a series four starts a series and seven starts a series and they're all mm-hmm. different series with different identities but i'm worried that they're gonna try and basically homogenize the entire remakes a series and yeah. make two three four one thing yeah well because that's also something that kind of bothered me is seeing the logo because the resident evil 4 the re- logo for the resident evil 4 remake is basically identical to the logo for the resident evil 2 and 3 remakes and I think that's cool that they got a consistent graphic design for those. However, to me, it kind of strips each of those games of their identities. The fact that every game had different Resident Evil logos kind of gave them all this unique feel. Whereas now that they all have the same logo, because Resident Evil has never had a consistent logo before, but now these three games do. And these are not just three games. These are three mainline games that all had very distinct identities before. And now they all have the same logo. Yeah. And that, for me, just kind of feels like the direction they're trying to go. And that's what worries me. Because what you said, yeah, is very much a fear, is that they will just try to make it homogenous with their remakes of 2 and 3. Yeah. I'm looking at the logo now, and that actually kind of like... Yeah, it does kind of look like... feel a little bad. (laughs) does kind of give credence to that idea. Because technically, it's not... Technically, it's good. It's good. That's that's technically, technically, from a complete technical point of view, that's good. But the problem is why it's good. And, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head is that it just makes it look all homogenous and they, they all look the same. Yeah. And technically, from a technical point of view, that's good. These these are things that used to be very distinct games. <laughs> yeah. From a technical point of view, if you did that from the ground up, if the series developed that way, that would have been phenomenal. It would have been great graphic design. But when you're going back and taking all, remaking all these beloved games that each had their own distinct identity. And then bring them all under that same look and saying, like, they're all basically interchangeable. It's like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Each of these games had very different legacies. Each of these games are very much their own things at one time. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, again, it might just be me being cynical, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell. We're old curmudgeons. We'll be old curmudgeons, and we'll see how four shapes up. Yeah. That being said, we went a lot longer than we were expecting to here. This was supposed to be a quick pod. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Resident Evil Rap. <laughs> yeah, I can never, I can never. I know it's, it's like where the prompt was talk very briefly about Resident Evil Rap. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> all right, right. So, but we best wind this down. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. This has been the Hypercube Podcast. This show is edited by Lauren Pacheco, mixed by Rafael Pacheco, with original theme music by Mono Memory. Until next time, we'll see you all later. God bless. See you.